HBCU United is back in the basketball tournament. CP3 returns with his two-piece of HBCU showcases, and the CIAA tournament extends his Baltimore contract. Oh, yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day every day and this is just a reminder that this is the first week that we will be downshifting and going to three episodes a week so just be sure that you're looking out for that monday wednesday and friday are the days that we're going to try to put them out and if something happens on tuesday and thursday then we will come with an episode on that as well don't worry it's not forever just for the time being but i did want to make sure that everybody is aware i'll try to make announcements throughout this week just to keep everybody um up to date and understanding of what's going on. But let's talk about how we're going to open up this show. We're going to talk about the basketball tournament, and there's an HBCU team in there. We call them HBC United, and they will be coming into the basketball tournament for a second year. So basically, HBC United is a team of basketball or HBCU alums who were hoopers, you know, just they still play. A lot of them still play overseas. And we're going to highlight a couple of those players, all of which either play overseas or are notable for another reason. But that's who will be out there. And they'll be playing in the basketball tournament with a bunch of other teams. And what is the basketball tournament? So essentially, it's a huge tournament. And this year, they'll have games at the Rucker. For me, the Rucker is, is like the Mecca, man. And for most people, I don't want to say for me, it's like the Mecca. And for me, any game that happens at the Rucker is instantly a big deal. If I challenge you to a one-on-one game to play at my local park, that's nothing. We're just, we just playing. But if I challenge you to a one-on-one game at the Rucker, to me at least, I don't know about to you, but to me at least, it's a big deal. That's one of those places. It's like, man, I'm playing at the Rucker. Like we just have to understand that certain places, certain arenas hold a certain reverence. You know, this is Madison Square Garden. You know, we're talking about, to me, Staples Center. I don't have that same feel since they named it the crypto. But when it was the Staples Center for me, because that's my era. Like, I, don't, I think they used to be the forum. That wasn't me. I'm a Staples Center's kid. Like, that. those things mean something to me. The Superdome means something to me. Certain, and that's a me. That's a personal thing. I know everybody don't have that same feeling about the Superdome. But um, a personal feel it's like these arenas just make these games a bigger deal so now anytime hbc united touches down on the rucker their games are a big deal to me and i think there's a lot of people who feel these ways or feel this way about a lot of arenas staples center um madison square garden the rucker i think there's a certain reverence that come with those arenas that people just feel like oh this is a big time deal so last year they only got to the first round they got booted in the first round so there's a clear goal here Right. I mean, there's a clear goal to win it all, but there's a clear first step of, OK, yes, we want to win it all. But our first goal is to get past the first round this year because we didn't get that done last year. Every year getting the first round is a goal or is a step towards the, the big goal. 
But when you didn't get past the first year, it's I don't want to call it a milestone, but in ways it is. In certain ways, it is a milestone because you're looking at a situation where I didn't have the most success. Let's put it that way. I didn't have the most success. So now anything I do better than last year, okay, we're making some progress. That's the kind of milestone. It's a marker of showing that you have progressed past something. And who are who's on the team? Because there's a mix of guys who were there last year. Some guys are here, are new this year. And I want to highlight some of these players. And let's start off with the first one. That's Thomas Snacks Lee. And you might remember Snacks, okay? Um, maybe not by name, but I'm going to describe, and you might have remembered this. About two years ago, I think 2020, he had the moment. There was a moment where the Jackson State manager entered the game on, on senior night, made a long-range three. That's Snacks. That's Thomas Snacks Lee. He's the manager who came in. And he shot the three, and everybody went absolutely ballistic. I think that ended up winning an Emmy. So we're talking about a big-time moment. One shot, and the guy's a fan favorite, at least, you know, from my standpoint, at least. But he's the type of person you want to root for. Those type of moments are moments that you want to root for. So if you weren't already rooting for HBC United, I'm sure that now you are because, I mean, come on, you already were. But Snacks, is a, it's a feel-good story. Let's keep going. Amir Smith, he's a big from Hampton. He's played overseas since his Hampton time, and he's averaging 10, 8, and 2. Let's focus on that, too, because as a big, he's averaging two blocks per game. So you already know that he's able to kind of dictate some things in the paint to shift up how they're – or to shift a game plan against the United, right? We're going to call him the United because I don't feel like saying HBC United the whole time. It's kind of a, a mouthful. Uh, then we're going to go to Kenley. And Kenley is a part of last year's team, and he might be the one with the most success that I've seen. And that's because he's part of the G League system. So he's still kind of in the NBA circle. He he plays for the Bucks G League system in uh, the Wisconsin herd. So you're looking at a guy who played at Morgan State, walking bucket, 26 points in his senior season, probably led to him getting a tryout with the Wizards. You know, first team all MEAC. The, the guy's a guy. He is. And he, he's a baller. And let's talk about another guy who is a guy. And I'm talking about Jeremy Combs. That, that's that's my boy, right? I don't know him personally. I'm not calling him my boy. Let me not try to fake friendships. Um, one day I'll tell you guys a story about how things got mm, – I won't tell you the story, but I'll hint to it right now. Uh, things got so misconstrued in the first time I ever did student media. It was a podcast. I said something. Everybody was like, whoa. And that's why I don't try to even make it sound like I have relationships with people I don't know. Um, anywho. Jeremy Combs, he was a former swag player of the year at Texas Southern. That was 2018-19. Yes, because 2019-20 was the year that everything got shut down. So this was 2018-2019. And one thing I thought that made Combs special was the fact that Combs had a great second jump. So when Combs would put a shot in the air and it may, maybe didn't go down, he was able to bounce up really quickly and get the rebound quicker because everybody else was jumping too to try to block the shot. But he was able to get down and hop right back up, and it was a really good tactic because more times than not, it led to second-chance points. The guy was a true dog in the paint where that, that quality, in my opinion, set him apart, and that quality is the reason that he won SWAT Player of the Year that year. Um, I can only speak at length to what he was then. He's played overseas since. I don't know how he's developed. But at, at that time, he's had a really good second jump, as I say. I mean, yes, he does a lot of other things well, too. 
But that second jump is what stands out more than anything else and is what made him one of the best players in the SWAC, the best player in the SWAC in that year. And he'll be able to showcase that in this HBC or in this T TBT tournament. And speaking of showcasing, we're going to have the CP3 showcases. It's two of them, the HBCU tip-off and then also the HBCU challenge. They're coming back for a second year. So let's talk about that and which teams are going to be in it this year as opposed to last year. But first, let me tell you about BetOnline because BetOnline.net is the best play for, place for all of your sports wagering. We just had game two. The Warriors had a big-time game or uh, quarter three that blew everything out. It wasn't even close. And so if you took the, the points, I'm sure you got it. I'm sure you won. And let's see what's going to happen game three. We'll be back with game three later on this week. I should be able to give you an update when we get back for the next podcast. But I'm super excited because this is shaping up to be a really good finals. I think it's been a really fun playoffs. Make sure that you're putting all of your money down on betonline.net because it is the best place for all of your sports wagering, including esports. So they have everything in addition to being the fastest and easiest. What a wage on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Every day I have one more favor to ask of you. I need for you to pull out your phone, laptop, uh, desktop, whatever you do to get online. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started on a survey telling us what you like, what you don't like about the show, a little bit of constructive criticism. If you just want to say, hey, man, that, lock, that, that mouth of the South guy is great. <laughs> I appreciate you can do that too. But let us know what you think about the show for real. All input is welcome. Go to lockedonpodcast.com slash survey. Get started and you could win one of the 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards that we have available. Now, today's word of the day is fidelity. It, it refers to the quality or state of being faithful to someone. All right. So we're going to talk about that. I think we have somewhere in the last segment to put that in there. Should be fun. I always have fun with these. But... As we continue, we're going to talk about Chris Paul because Chris Paul is back with Boost Mobile for another two-pack of HBCU showcases. And this is the second year that CP3 has done this. And I feel like these are great events. You have the HBCU tip-off, the HBCU challenge. The tip-off is a tournament. The challenge is not really a tournament, even though in a way it kind of turned into a tournament last year. But I think these are great because it's ways to show off HBCU talent connected to an, a big name. And it's not even an HBCU name, but that doesn't really matter. He's Chris Paul, right? He's he's on State Farm. He's 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 actually part of the HBCU advisors board for Joe for Joe Biden. So this is a big time athlete. This is a big big time presence. And in my opinion, as a as a former Hornet, now Pelican fan, guy's a legend in my book. So I love CP3. Right. So I appreciate everything that he's doing. He's doing a great job at it as well. He's not just putting his name behind something. I think that last year's events were really well done. He EP'd the Why Not Us series, which was North Carolina Central Basketball and FAMU football. He's done a lot of things for HBCUs that have really turned out well and had some really good reviews. I've heard great things about the FAMU series. So I already told you the difference between the tip off and the challenge. But one other difference is that the tip off was for the D2 schools. The, the challenge was for the D1 schools, and they're at completely different times. They're not at the same time going, and you're saying, oh, well, I got to choose between one or two. No, they're at completely different times showcased. 
And I love it. I think that is great. Last year, you're looking at Norfolk winning, and they were low-key the champs. I mean, technically it wasn't a tournament, but they played the winner of the first game. So it ended up really being a tournament. But they were low-key the winners. I call them the champs, even though that's not their literal. They didn't get a championship trophy or anything. And then VU, Virginia Union, they won in the tip-off tournament. See, both of those teams will be returning. You have Virginia Union, and they'll be joined by uh, Clark. Xavier in Louisiana, of course, and then Johnson C. Smith. So in there, you have two CIAA, two CIAA teams, a CAC squad, and then also an NAIA team. There was no NAIA teams last year. It was split evenly between a CIAA and a CAC. So that's the difference. I already kind of see a, a interesting storyline where Xavier wins. Even if they win any game, that's a quality win for them. But if they win at all, I could I could see it now. That would be a, a super big deal. That would be a great upset. It's low-key what I'm rooting for, too. Um, and I really don't try to hide my Louisiana bias on here. So if, if y'all don't like that, I told you about the survey. I, I, I really do apologize. I can't help it. Um, but then you have in the HBCU Challenge, it returns the champion, Norfolk State versus the greatest, the uh, illustrious, the amazing Texas Southern, of course. And then you have North Carolina A&T and Hampton. So you have two teams from the Big South, two teams that recently left HBCU conferences less than three years ago. And then you're also going to have the champs. And I think that's the biggest draw here. No disrespect to the Aggies, no disrespect to the Pirates. But the big draw here is Texas Southern versus Norfolk State. This is the game that I hope we get to see. We need to see it. You have the champions in the MEAC versus the champions in the SWAC. And these are two schools that have been really good at men's basketball for a long time. They are also the two, the two teams that made it to the March Madness tournament from HBCUs. So this is a great challenge. And I understand that Alcorn won the regular season title, but you're looking at the Texas Southern Tigers as the SWAC champions. They are one of the better teams in the regular season as well. So it's not like it was a upset or anything. And then you also have Norfolk, who was absolutely dominant. And they're saying they should have had a 15 or 14 seed. So these are the two teams that are great. This is like a SWAC MEAC tip-off or a swack me at kickoff in football, right? The Alabama State Howard game, but on a level where you have arguably the two best teams, at least at least last year, the two best teams in HBCU basketball. That is a blockbuster game, and we get to see it because you have Norfolk State and Texas Southern in the HBCU Challenge. This is great. And one last thing I want to point out is this is still on the West Coast. We talked about the untapped territory that is the West as far as HBCU recruiting. And all I mean is that I think there's more to be done. I just don't see many California people on the rosters of football teams. Mind you, this was a football conversation. I don't see many West Coast transfers. I don't see many West Coast uh, just being from there specifically. Like, that's where they went to high school. So we spoke about that. I also used the CP3 tournament as an example of what recruiting in the West could look like to HBCUs. Now, people could have wrote it off, said, oh, well, he's from Phoenix. That's why he has it in Phoenix, because that's where he plays right now. Well, it's not in Phoenix anymore. It's in Vegas. And I'm going to turn and look at this, this uh, map real quick. Yep, last I checked, Las Vegas is still in the West. It's actually farther West than Arizona. So this is a purposeful idea. I could have told you that, A, because he literally, literally said it, right? So that's not a question. But then also... Look at it. 
He's not in Phoenix now. It's not just lip service. He really meant what he said. He's really committed to trying to build a connection between the West and then HBCUs. This is great work by Chris Paul. Just another, you know, just add this to the list of things that he's doing for HBCUs. And we respect him, man. I, 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 I'm going to speak for us. We respect him. He's great. If you don't respect him, drop it in the comments below. And I would love to know why you wouldn't, because I think he's a great guy. And if you do respect him, drop it in the comments below. Let me know why you respect Chris Paul. I love CP3. Um, but going forward, we're going to talk about some more things that I love. And that's the fact that the CIAA tournament is staying in Baltimore. I think this is a great move because the economic and also just the fanfare of the return to Baltimore last year was at an all-time high. There's no way that you could remove it. So they just up, re-up their contract for the next three years. We'll talk about that and more as we continue on Locked on HBCU. But first, I want to tell you about Built Bar because Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market, bar none. I've seen the puffs. I've seen the regular Built Bars. Now they have granola. I know people fiending. They said, listen, I got to go get that granola. I got to get the granola because I've tried the puffs. People in my family have tried the puffs. The puffs make people go crazy. My brother would talk to me about, hey, man, I got to get some more of these puffs. I got to get some more of these built Bars. These things are great. I said, I know. And I feel like I've been talking about it for so long that some people think I'm just flapping my gums. No, these things are absolutely delicious. They taste amazing. That, that birthday cake, great. That blueberry muffin, great. I can't wait to get my hands on one of these granola bars. They're all covered in chocolate, all stacked with protein low in sugar and carbs so it's all good get yourself a snack while also getting in some health benefits it's that easy and go to built.com to use the promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off your offer to save yourself a little bit of money As we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked On HBCU, the CIAA tournament is staying in Baltimore for a couple of more years, and I think this is the right decision for both the conference and also the city of Baltimore, especially for the city of Baltimore, Baltimore because them dollars, okay? Them dollar-dollar bills, that's, that's the reason that we're looking at a good decision for the city of Baltimore, but I also want to talk about why I think it's a good decision for just the the city, I mean, the conference as well. The CIAA does benefit. There's a reason that they decided to do what they did. And the CIAA tournament came back to Baltimore after like a 70-year hiatus. We're talking about since 1952, 70 years on the dot. This was a long way away, and they finally returned back to Baltimore, Maryland. I feel like the Rock, finally, right? But they came back. And if you remember, we had Candace Cooper on the show. We had her come on before the tournament and then also after the tournament. And before the tournament, she's sitting here talking about the games that we need to look out for and things of that nature, things you're supposed to do when you're previewing a tournament. But then when she came back, oh, we got we got to talk about the fanfare. We got to talk, talk about how the fans were dressing up, who had the rowdiest fans, who was talking trash, all of these things, talking about the environment. I want to say we spent a whole segment talking about the environment because the environment was that rocking. It was going crazy. And, it, and you wonder why when they moved it, everybody was excited. Now you see all the excitement that came with moving the tournament. I feel like actually pulled through. They actually showed up and it wasn't just like, oh, yeah, we're, we're glad it's in Baltimore. And then it's in Baltimore. It's like, oh, whatever. No, it was going. And she spoke that, Candace. She spoke on that, talking about 
hey, these fans were doing this. These fans are talking trash. These fans never shut up no matter what. Let's start a petition to get Candace Cooper back on the show. Um, fam, you faces North Carolina State or North Carolina State, North Carolina in the end of August to open up the season. Maybe we'll do something for that. Uh, y'all go, y'all go bug her and flood her comments on Locked on ACC and tell her to come back to Locked on HBCU. How about that? You know, I could completely text her if I needed her to come on the show. Y'all go do it for me because I, I know that's what famous people do when they want a collaboration or something. So that's <laughs> that's what we're gonna do on today's show. We're gonna tell everybody to go flood her comment section. So I appreciate y'all for that. But anyway, let's keep rolling because we're not going to do that anymore. Uh, but I saw videos. I didn't need her to come on and tell us, right? I saw she she came on and told us. I saw the videos. The city saw the impact in the numbers that it, that it did. And we'll talk about that in a second. So with all of those things being the case, they said, hey, can we get this contract extended? And they did for three more years. So get used to seeing that. Get used to making that travel. And I think that travel is good. I think traveling for events make makes events good and for a school or a conference that's so uh, carolina based specifically in north carolina having it in charlotte was good because you have a lot of fan bases that are good or excuse me a lot of fan bases that are around so it's like you see why the, the fidelity was there right we see why the loyalty was there to that charlotte um tournament site but at the same time when you travel for things and make it great and that brings in the money because this tournament generated nearly 20 million dollars for the city of maryland or the city of baltimore excuse me and a lot of that is travel because let's not forget yes you're bringing in ticket revenue you're bringing in things like that you know um concessions things like that you are but in addition to that you're also bringing in hotels you're also bringing in dining restaurants around you're, you're bringing in a lot of things they have minority businesses that i think it was almost no i think it was over 100 it was 110 minority businesses that were involved in the tournament they made like a million dollars dining three million two million like th these are big time and you get these with all events that happen in within the city it's always a boost for everything around it's the economic spike but i think this exceeded expectations they didn't expect all of this out of the tournament so when it happened it's like oh we need to keep bringing it the city of baltimore made the city of baltimore made 20 million dollars you hear me 20 million dollars you think they don't want that to come back of course they want that to come back so in the cia a like i said it's a it's a carolina based conference but i think that traveling to maryland is good for them now one thing i will be interested to see is this year's tournament was special because COVID, right? So you're looking at a situation where two years you cooped up in the house. They returned to Maryland, Baltimore specifically, for the first time in 70 years. That's a big deal. When those boosts are gone, what is it going to be? Are you going to approach it with the same getting concerts, making sure you're doing recruiting things? Because that was one thing that they did talk about. They did talk about the ability to recruit students to these HBCUs by having it in Baltimore. And this the Bowie State president said, hey, we want to make sure it grows. So if you're going to have the CIAA tournament in Baltimore for the years coming on, you're not going to have the we've been cooped up in the house for two years. You're not going to have the we haven't been in Maryland for 70 years. We're not going to have that. I need. For the CIAA officials to approach this with the same sense of urgency, treat it as if those things haven't happened. Like, treat it as if you have not broken the 70-year drought, 
Treat it as if people haven't been outside for two years. Treat it like that because those things that made it special, if you continue doing that year in and year out, you won't need these boosts. They're one-time boosts. You're never having them again. But if you continue to treat it as if every year you have to come out with a bang, now the CIAA tournament is just a big deal, no matter when it is or no matter what's going on around it. There's no context. So I hope that they continue doing that. Give me concerts. Give me recruiting. Uh, give me all of it. Give me the events. I need all of that because the city of Baltimore has invested three more years and the CIAA has invested three more years. So let's go ahead and make this thing great. All right. So y'all continue making Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day. And remember, we'll be back on Wednesday. We will not be back tomorrow. We will be back on Wednesday. And we're going to be talking about a little bit of football. We did all basketball on this one. We're going to get back to the pigskin. I promise you that. Now, going forward, I want to make sure that you're checking out Locked on NBA Big Boards, Raphael Barlow and the gang, going over the NBA draft cycle, NBA mock drafts, and, of course, your big boards. And in the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter, at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace. I pointed to that, pointed to my uh, Twitter really good there.